Today's guest is Rosa Zamashvalvi. In 2000, Rosa had a near-death experience where she went to hell, and today we're going to talk about it. Rosa, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. As you know, my guests like to hear near-death experience stories. So if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened? Yes. Um, I hadn't. Uh, it started with me and my high school friend. Um, we decided to have a re- reunion as I hadn't you know, seen her for such a long time. And um, so we were going to, I, I got everything set up that we were going to go out and um, have a few drinks in town, etc. Um, I brought one of my friends. I had a couple of my friends with me. Um, she had her boyfriend with her. And uh, when she came to my place, she offered me um, a tablet um, and not realizing I was actually taking nine, nine doses enough to probably kill nine people of ecstasy. Um, and I'd asked her, are you sure this is okay? You know, is it safe to take? Um, it won't kill me. She said, oh no, there's, there's no chance, uh, that it, I don't think it would kill you. There's not many people that, that have ever really died except from dehydration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so stupidly, I took this tablet. Um, I took one tablet. It was the strongest one that you can get. So there was a lot of doses in it. It was a dark purple type ecstasy tablet. Um, I decided to go out with my friend um, into town to buy some drinks and we left um, at my house some people, um, you know, my friends and her boyfriend there and we went to get some drinks for them and by the time I got to the um, store, the liquor store, my eyeballs were like uh, actually shifting like from side to side and I asked her if this was normal. It was a very strange thing, you know, to have your eyeballs going from side to side. And I actually drove back like that, so that was a bit crazy. I, I don't know why she didn't drive, but she just said, oh, don't worry about it. Put your sunglasses on. Let's go. Um, so we get back to my place, and by that time, I felt like I wasn't really feeling this tablet. Um she said, oh, you have to wait another, uh, you have to wait an hour before you take the next one. And I said, oh, it's been an hour. So I took the next, uh, it was like a almost black, dark purple ecstasy tablet. And I took the next one and I started to feel extremely thirsty. Um, I went running to the tap um, and I drank a lot and a lot of water at the tap. But not enough that that should have like swamped me, but I drank quite a bit of water. And then I started to feel like something wasn't right, you know. And so I went into my room and I curled up in fetal position on the floor. And I actually, at that moment, I died, but I didn't realize, you know, that I died. And I just was sort of dark for a minute. Uh, like I was, it was like I passed out. And it was dark for a minute. The next thing that I saw was I was up on the ceiling 
looking down on my body and my body had actually looked like it was changing color to a darker color. So I, I didn't recognize that at that moment, I didn't recognize that as my body. Um, my soul didn't connect that I was actually dead. And I saw uh, my friend uh, sitting beside my body, looking at my body, and I heard her thoughts. And uh, her thoughts, she said, oh, I better go and get something out of the car. Um, but she didn't. But, but I'll talk about that later. The next thing that happened was uh, I was just out of there. I was going up, up, up through the ceiling really, really fast. And I was looking down so I can see the, the roofs of the houses and I could see even I remember seeing someone walking on the road, but I was seeing as if it was daytime and it was actually nighttime. And I was going extremely so fast that soon the roofs looked tiny. And at that moment I thought to myself, oh, how am I going to find my way back? But I never clicked that I was dead or that I'd passed on. I didn't have a clue. I, I must, I, I don't know why. <laughs> but at that moment, when I um, thought to myself, how am I going to find my way back? And I remember still being able to see my roof. In that moment, I dropped and I was bang. I was in the front part by my driveway in front of my house looking at the door and I just went bang beside this can. I remember the can on the outside on the front lawn. And I, as soon I looked at the door and thought, Oh, I better go back inside now. And the moment I thought go back inside, I was back bang in the lounge. So it was like when I thought, I thought I'm going back. I was there. Um, the next thing that I saw was my friend who had said, I'll go and get something out of the car. Uh, she never tried to resuscitate me, <laughs> which to me, to this day, I wonder, did she not like me or was it because of a fight we had um, earlier on? Why, why didn't she try and resuscitate me? Um, so anyway, what I saw was my friend sitting in the lounge and my other friend was in the lounge too. But when I saw her, I saw her soul come out about that far out of her body. And her soul was a silver color. It was so silver. Uh, there's nothing silver like that because it shone. And the only explanation I could have for that is it says when the silver cord of life is snapped, at the well, it says that in the Bible. So that's the explanation for while we're connected to God, that you know, that silver cord, that light over our souls is holding us there in life. And I saw her soul come out and I says, wow, I saw your soul. Um, I was just thought it was so beautiful. And I says, wow. And at that moment when I said, wow, I looked to my left in the lounge and I saw from the windows growing a green meadow. Um, 
and it just sprung forward and and just took over the lounge and started growing towards me. And as it grew towards me, it pushed my soul out of the lounge and I actually found myself trying to get back in but being locked out by the meadows. And I realise now that what was holding me out of paradise was my sin of the things that I did wrong against people and God had created. uh, It was like an embryoic sack, you know, like the sack that holds a baby. It was see-through and and I I was trying to get back in to my friends (laughs) so I didn't realise I was dead and I remember turning trying to push in and as I tried to push in this embryoic sac molded around my body but I couldn't go no further so the wall was here and then my body dipped in like this and then it just went straight again and I looked down and I could see beautiful grass was I could see the dew drop like the dew drop on top of the grass and um, it was just so beautiful And at that point, I remember giving up because I just couldn't push my way through. And all I I didn't realize I was dead. All I was trying to do, I wanted to go back in and see my friends. And um, I came um, out and I saw in the ground a gray vortex and it was a, a hole in the ground. But in that hole in the ground was three gargoyles. And I thought it was curious, like I didn't realize it was evil. I just thought it was very unusual. And I didn't know what it was, and I was quite confused. Um, These gargoyles were like a um, a grey-type muddy colour, um, and now I realize what they were was demons. So um, I was sort of curious about what it was, um, and uh, I came around, and my friend Steve, he was standing in the in the kitchen, and he was looking down, and he was standing facing me, and I said, Steve, what's that hole in the ground? And he didn't answer, didn't acknowledge me, nothing. And I, I, I thought, oh, maybe he didn't hear me. Let's try and say it loud. And I said, Steve, what's that hole in the ground? And um, then I heard his thoughts and all he was thinking was, oh, I don't know. And he was looking down. And um, so I backed into the wall behind me and I looked at the hole in the ground and um, I heard a voice say to me don't go near that hole in the ground and when they said don't go near that hole in the ground a rebellion like a something took over me I could see my friend's boyfriend sitting at the, the, the on the chair um and I felt like if I didn't check out that hole, I, I felt like I would be seen as a coward. And I didn't even realize I was dead. I, I'm not sure 
yeah, I didn't realize that what was actually going on, um, that I died at that point. Um, so something took over me and it, it felt like a deer, a type feeling you get when you have a deer and you have to do it, but you're scared. And I got this feeling and I started running towards, like I couldn't stop myself from going towards this vortex. And when I came close Sorry, no, that was just before I had that deer feeling was I saw that gargoyle and he smiled at me and his smile was from about there. It went from there to there and it, it was sh like sharp rows of teeth all the way around um, and he just smiled like I've got you. And when I... When I actually got to the vortex, I look down and I can see like it looks like the demons were enclosed into the side of the walls and I caught a glimpse of that and I don't actually know how I fell into there. I think I might have been snatched in. But I found myself uh, falling and I could see the light above me and it Sorry, I have to backtrack here because I missed a part. Is that okay? Sure. So when I actually got snatched into the vortex, I smelt a smell of thousands of year old rotting flesh. And it was like the smell you get from a graveyard. You get that sort of death smell. Well, this was about... Uh, two billion times worse, a billion times worse. It was like a graveyard smell mixed with poop, mixed with rotting, burning flesh, and it smelt like whoever was down there had been down there for thousands of years just burning. Um, you know, I just some, the, got the realisation that there's, there, it was burning people. Um, I got like, um, uh, as I was falling is when I looked up and I saw the light, the, like the glory of God, the light, everything was disappearing above me. Um, and in th that instance, I got the realization that, um, I'd left my body and my house and that was my safe place. And terror took hold of me because I realized I made a huge mistake and I left my safe place and it was over. Like at that moment, I realized I was dead and I'd left my body in the lounge. So left my body up there in my room. Um, so as I was falling, it felt like, sharp dust um, hitting my face and it was just furiously uh, ripping away at my face and then I felt like a snake bite that um, bit my left arm and as it bit my left arm I felt a venom like go through my body and that venom was like acid and as it coursed through my body, um, it was actually burning, like it was corrosive, like acid. Um, and it took over like my body. 
Um, and at that moment, I actually realized that this on my face was actually demon. Like I didn't really think demons, but I knew it was something ripping away at my face. And I remember trying to slow down in the tunnel and I managed to slow down and I saw a little road. It was like an opening in the tunnel. And when I looked in there, I saw like a road uh, um, that forked off around like this. And on the right-hand side um, was a door. And on the left-hand side was a door. And I went up to the door on my right. And as I opened it, I saw a demon standing there that looked like um, half bear. Um, it looks like a shaggy type half bear, half human. And it looks like his eyes had been, they were like bulging like they'd been pulled out and pushed back in. Um, and it was like ravenous, like a monster that's waiting to tear someone to pieces, uh, just raging look is what it looked. And I th thought to myself, oh, no, I hope he hadn't seen me. And so and behind him was a, a valley, like a, a whole room and a, a valley of demons, just demons, and they were standing close together, standing, looking down like this at the wall. But the one at the door um, was the scariest looking one. And I just want to add that in the Bible I found this one part that said, oh, um, Job, it talks about um, the doors that guard the land of the dead. And I found this like much later on, and I realized what I'd seen was the doors that guard the land to the dead. Um, the shade, and I remember going past the door on my right to try and escape. And at this stage, I was quite nervous and I tried to open this door, but no matter how hard I try and open the door, I could not open it. I managed to open it a crack and have a look, and I can see shades of grey, different shades of ghostly type grey, uh, real dead type looking colours, like a fog type uh, looking. And um, I couldn't open it, so I went running um, to try and find another way out, but the demon actually caught up to me and then he pushed me down and he lay on top of my spirit body and I was just terrified. I don't know what he was trying to do to me. I thought, yeah, I thought he was going to assault me, but you know what I mean. Um, he was just like smothering me for a minute and I couldn't move and I just felt complete terror. Um, and the whole time this was going on, it was like every good feeling that you could have on earth was gone and all I was left with was complete.
So um, the the um, what I was left with was everything good as had gone that you could feel on this earth, and what was left was just horror, total terror. Um, you know, for years after, I actually felt worms crawling through my body all over me. I that was what I was feeling in hell. Um, and that didn't go away for, for years and years. I had to live with that. But um, what happened was he sort of smothered me, the demon smothered me, and I um, I actually he wanted to push me back down the tunnel towards hell. Sorry. And I actually jumped down back down to get away from him because he was so terrifying. I, I gladly jumped back down into hell to get away from that demon. And a, as I fell, I, um, I was falling, and then I felt um, a heat come over me. Sorry, my ears are blocked. Yeah. <laughs> I felt... Um, like a, a heat come over me, like um, a, like a furnace, but it was burning like acid, like I'd been dipped in acid, like a really corrosive burn. And just as I thought it couldn't get any worse, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse because there's no barrier of pain your spirit doesn't have any barrier, your body does, but there's no pain barrier and it just, the burn like got um, so bad that I actually melted. My whole spirit, it melted and I heard a scream beneath me and I looked down and when I looked down, I saw like a volcano, you know what a black volcano looks like? Uh, well, it looks like a black volcano, but with no lava. And I just got the feeling this was another land, like a strange land that no one knew about, you know. And um, I actually went bang down to the bottom of the tunnel and the, I was still feeling this complete, terror taking over me but it was getting worse and worse the closer I got to the you know uh, hell in hell the worse my terror became um, because uh, I'm not sure if it was because of the unknown or just the way that, that it, everything exists down there but I was at the opening of a tunnel and I tried to look for an entrance to go back up to try and find my way out, but it actually closed over me, so there was no way out. And I looked to my right, and the wall down the bottom had lava, had burning, yeah, lava, like fire. And then I looked to my left, and it was like the opening of a cavern, and it I was still sort of hidden in that opening and I thought, oh, I better hide, I better hide, let's try and hide. But when I said that, it came out like yelling. My thoughts were coming out like I was yelling 
and I heard it echo back to me around how, and then I saw a demon noticed me and said, what are you doing over there? You have to be over here. And I looked over and it was like the opening of a cavern and in front of me was hell. And it, it was a black darkness and it was a, it gave me the just feeling of terror looking at it. It was scary. And the demon came hurrying over to me and I tried to, to run around that way to get away. But as I tried to run, the wall actually like threw me up into the air and I went up and over and smashed into the back and the back wall picked me up and smashed me down in front of the demons. I was banged down, my my face planted into the ground and it was like I was perceiving my own destruction, like I could see at certain points of this NDE, I could see what was happening to me, like my spirit took, I mean, my soul took a step back to look at my spirit because we're made up, up out of soul, spirit and body. So we're like triune, like God is a triune being and we're made in his image. So we're triune, soul, spirit, body. And it seemed like I stepped back and I had a look um, at my soul at that point and I could see, like, this sounds weird, but I actually had long eyelashes with dew drops on the end. That's what my soul looked like. And I was an amber colour. Um, well, I saw my face as having in like an amber colour. And the steamer said, you come with me now, otherwise we're going to skin your uh, arms. And I actually, I don't know why I thought, I said, are you kidding? Is what I thought. Are you kidding? Like, um, I don't know. That sounds so stupid that I thought that in hell. But um, when I said that, he didn't hesitate. He grabbed hold of my arm, this arm, and then he proceeded to skin me. But I wanted to look away. And so I looked away like this while he skinned me, my arm. And he said, no, but you have to look. And at that moment, it was like I was forced to whatever he said that I had to do, I did. And I looked down and I could see my, I had like a body in hell. I had tendons. I had everything like that you have on this earth. Um, And I could see where he skinned my arm, but it was blue. And my spirit body was a dead blue looking color. So. Um, yeah um, and in the Bible I'm sorry I bring this up but I found a scripture a passage that explained that um, if you're not born again um, then you're twice dead if you reach hell and you haven't made a relationship with God then yeah, your soul is twice dead. Or, and I, I'm not, um, sorry, I'm not trying to preach, but that's how I can understand it myself of what I saw in hell because I've found stuff that I've experienced in the Bible. Um, 
spiritual experiences that I've had. I've later, and I never read the Bible before I had this NDE. I was actually, wasn't a Wicca when I died. I believed in reincarnation, but yeah, that was my belief when I, when I passed away. Um, but after he skinned me, he took me towards this darkness and when we got there, I actually saw cages like prison cells, black prison cells, and above the prison cells was Roman numerals. So the, the, the count of the prison cells was done in Roman numerals. Um, and as I came towards my cell, and I, I was put into my cell, I saw the darkness reach out and wrap a tail. It took form of like a creature. So this darkness was alive, and it wrapped itself around the bars of my cell. And the demon stood up against the darkness, and he said to me, I'll be back soon to torture you. And at that um, as he disappeared, I started to panic and I, all I could think about was my ne- next torture session and um, I was freaking out. My soul was freaking out. I was trying to get in between the bars. I was trying everything to get out and I saw a mock key and um, I, um, I put the key in and as I turned it, the key I had my whole cell moved and it was like a brick scraping sound that it made. And I thought, oh, great, I'm getting somewhere. Maybe I'll find a way out. That's what I was thinking. And it did that and then I'd stop and I'd try the key again and then it would go further till I realized I was actually, my whole like cell um, was teetering over a black pit and um, – so if that was the black pit, my cell was teetering sideways down it. And I turned around and I grasped, I remember grasping, I thought, this is dangerous, this is not a good idea. Um, I grasped the bars and as I looked into the darkness, I actually felt eternity. Like I felt there's no more time this is where I am forever. I'm doomed. And I saw like what I thought was like earth up, up the top of hell. I could see a picture like a window into earth. And that was even more torturing to me. Like it was tormenting, but I just wanted to get back to that place. I just wanted to get back to earth. Um, that was a desperation in me that wanted to get back there, but I was stuck in eternity with no way out. And um, later I actually read in the Bible, I, I read that in Abraham's bosom there's a window and that that window looks into heaven from hell. So when you're in hell, it's even more tormenting because you can – you can actually see heaven from where you are. But what I thought, I thought it was earth and it was a very beautiful garden that I was seeing. It looks like a beautiful garden with pastel colours, very 
yeah, it was a lush, beautiful garden, but I actually thought it was earth that I was looking at. But I was gra- I was grasping my bars, and I says, God, please help me. And I waited for a second, and I thought, oh, nothing's happening. And then after I waited for a wee moment, I heard arguing. I heard, like, arguing with a group of people and one person, like, um, arguing. And it got really rowdy and quite loud. And they were actually arguing over my soul, like if the devil can have it. And he wanted to keep me there. But I heard arguing and then I heard it's not her time yet. And... um I thought this can't be about me because you can't actually, there's no hope. You can't hope for anything. And I wasn't able to hope that maybe that could be for me. I thought it must be about, it must be for someone else that can't be about me. Um, at that uh, moment, things actually got really bad for me. And it was like a black type death took over my body because I had that flash where I can see myself again and I saw my eyeballs were black, like there was no eyes. It was like a darkness had taken over the inside of me and it was spreading through my body and uh, it was the most horrible torment and I was just saw myself grasping the bars and then I heard a, a really, really kind voice and I heard him say, I've come to to get you out. And then um, I heard someone, I, I'm not sure where he unlocked me from, but the front of my bars, they just opened. And it was like the minute they opened, this blackness, it just broke off me. And the I looked to the side and I can see like black cells going as far as the eye could see. It just went on and on and on and on and on, cell up on cell up on cell up on cell. And there was like a separating line of dirt there. But the darkness is just left. It was like the minute God entered, it was the darkness fled. And there was no more of that darkness around the bars and I could see everything properly for the first time, the cells, everything. And I like walked out and as I walked out, I turned back. I had a feeling to look back and I then I walked and I looked back one more time and to my left I saw like an old lady uh, at first, I couldn't tell who it was, but um, this lady was a family member. But what I saw when I came around that corner and I looked, this lady was just muscle. And uh, I can just see the bone, the muscle, everything was burnt. And then it just grew back. So it was like an invisible fire that was burning her and then the the flesh everything grew back and I realized it was actually my grandmother 
and I went running towards the bars and I started to shake, shake on the bars and I just couldn't open it. And so I, uh, I heard behind me you, a voice say, you can't, you can't get her out. And I just felt hopeless and I felt terrible that I, that she was going to be left in there. And at that moment he said, I've got the keys. And he went around and locked my grandmother and I, she came around and she took my left hand and I saw at the edge of hell, at the very edge of hell, an opening appeared in the side of hell and I saw a garden. And as I stepped in there, when I stepped in there with my nan, the actual whole place lit up with light and I could hardly see the flowers. I could hardly see the garden because the light was so bright and everything exuded light, the trees, the flowers. And as I took a step, it was like everything would greet me with this refreshing, would wash through my soul. And it would be like, ah. And then the next step was even more of a powerful, refreshing feeling. It was like stepping into crystal, uh, like stepping into purity, refreshment, quietness, and every step become more and more. So the deeper you go into the heaven, the more amazing and powerful. Yeah. So um, at that moment, I felt like I didn't have the merit to walk in any further. I took about four steps, I think. I felt I didn't have the merit to be in heaven. And then I heard my nan say, you can't, what did she say? You can't come any further. You have to go back or along those lines. She dropped, she dropped my hand and I says, why? <laughs> and I felt quite angry. Um, I think I may have tried to scratch her hand <laughs> and the just wall straight away because there's no sin in heaven. A wall bang came over over me and locked me out of heaven straight away. Um, I turned and I started trying to scramble to get out of this place, trying to find a way. I'm not sure if I was trying to find a way out or trying to find a way back in. Um, I think I was just desperate to get out of there and I was scared because of what I just experienced. I think I was terrified of what was going to happen to me. Um, and on my right, I looked and I saw a ball of bronze flame and the bronze flame around this person was sparkling and through the bronze flame, I saw in the right hand, I saw stars sparkling in his hand. And I, I later found in Revelations that those stars are the churches that Jesus holds in his hand. And so I came closer towards him 
and the, then the flames, everything subsided, and I can see what he looks like. And I saw two forms of Jesus. At the start of when I saw him, I saw him in his glorified form, and at the end of the NDE, I saw him in his earthly form of what he looks like when he was on earth. And he had jet black skin, uh, jet black skin. <laughs> sorry, jet black hair, ivory skin. And he was so beautiful. I actually said, oh my gosh, he's handsome. And the minute I said that, I um, got knocked back. So my soul practically flew backwards and, and it was like I was placed. <laughs> like, um, I felt really ashamed that I had thought that because he had an air of um, king, like a king, really like an air of e extreme importance. And um, when I saw him first, he had, and the flames subsided, he was looking down and he looked very serious. So he was thinking about something and contemplating about something very, very serious. Um, like a father contemplates when their child's done something naughty and they're wondering of what to do. Um, so when I saw him and I got pushed back, I was standing here and I sort of felt, oh, no, I, he can hear my thoughts is what I thought. He's, and I felt ashamed that I thought that and he heard it. Then I, as I looked up, he started almost float. It was like he had joy on his face and he started shining. And the, his innermost being was shooting out shafts of light, blinding light. And he started almost like he was floating towards me and he had a huge smile on his face um, of joy. And as he came towards me, my knees collapsed underneath me and went bang on the ground and it was involuntary and my soul came out and was trying to look, why, why did my knees do that? Um, yes, I was very puzzled and sort of why did my knees uh, collapse beneath me in front of him and bang against the floor? And um, I didn't realise it was God. Like I don't know why I was so dizzy in the afterlife and why I couldn't put two and two together, I think because I didn't really have God in my life. Um, I wasn't living, um, I didn't have a relationship with God, so I felt I was a bit lost there. I didn't realize he was God, but I also, he tried to show me, but he showed me a light coming out of his body, which was the eternity sign that goes like this and joins back in together. And that, was coming out like this. And he was shining that, I think, trying to show me that 
hi, I'm God, this is God. So he's trying to show me with symbols of who he was so I would get it. When I was in hell, I don't know why, but I forgot that I had a family on earth. Like I didn't have any memory. Like I think the traumatic experience was so overriding that I think all I could think about was how to get out of there. I'm not sure, but he had to remind me that I had family on earth that I had to go back to. So he said to me, though, if you go back, you'll never be the same again. So I think he was trying to warn me of the trauma I was about to go through if I went back to earth. So, um, sorry, my legs are getting a bit sore. Um, Yes, so he said, if you go back, um, you're never going to be the same again. And at that point, I really started panicking that I wouldn't, I really started panicking because I needed to go back to my family and I was scared. Um, and I saw Jesus's earthly form. Um, at that point, I saw his earthly form and his earthly form, he had beautiful eyes, dark eyes, and he had shoulder length, like light brown hair. His glorified form It can actually be found in Song of Solomon. Um, He has ivory skin. Um, He has the jettest black hair, so jet black that you can pick him. If there was a crowd of people, you you would know instantly that was Jesus because of how jet black his hair was. And when I look back now at my NDE and remember what he looked like, like the, it describes Jesus as the son of David, and he suits that to a T, <laughs> that name. But he wore um, a one-piece at one time on his earthly form. I could see a one-piece, one-piece coat with no stitches in it, and I think they, they call that the robe of righteousness. But I do remember that I read in the Bible that he has this one one piece coat with no stitches. And um, when I saw him in his earthly form is when I actually got flung out of that place. And it was like a it was like a holding place. And I heard one of your guests talking about that holding place as if it's a place to protect you from something. I remember her speaking about that, but it was it was like a room, but a cavern, a cavern, cavernous type room. Um, and I was flung out of that place, and I was flung out. I could see myself above my roof, above my house. I was coming down from above, and I could see everything crystal clear, like it was daytime. And it was like I was looking through tears. And I could see the trees, everything looked fresh and pristine. And I saw my roof coming towards me. And as I saw my roof, I actually came through like this, standing up. And I came through the timber 
off my roof and I actually saw the wood pass before my eyes like this. And I actually went through the timber boards of my roof and came down in front of the um, doorway to where I died and I was standing slightly above that doorway looking down. So my feet were above the ground and I heard panic and the voices of my friends and they were panicking. Um, they were saying, ring the ambulance, ring the police. Um, my female friend was arguing that, um, yeah, about the police or did we have to ring them? Um, and my friend, my good friend, he sounded almost in tears. And so they were actually, what was happening was they were ringing for the morgue. <laughs> And that gave me such a shock that I shot back into my body and I woke, I woke, well, I came to in my body and I was saying, he, he got me out, he got me out, he got me out. That's all I could say when I first, I, I was just huge relief. He got me out. I was so relieved to be back. And then I actually died again. I think this drug was so heavy for my body. I was actually having trouble staying alive. And I died a second time. And when I died immediately, the vortex of hell started moving towards me again. And as I came back to life, I actually came back to life roaring, like because of the filth and the what is in hell. It's just horrible. The state without God is so horrifying um, you know, the worms and then the rotting flesh smell, the everything, it was just too much. And the, it was like being in a vat of um, filth. It was like the feeling I got from being in hell was filth that I could not wash, like years after I couldn't wash the dirt off my soul. It was so bad. It is like being constantly raped. That is the feeling of being in hell. I can't describe it to, to anything else but not being able to wash the filth off your body. And I'm sorry it's a bit graphic, but it was a bad NDE, really, really bad NDE. Um, like it was very traumatic and the demon that I saw actually reminded me of someone who abused me on earth and he actually said I'm coming back soon and I'm and he was going to murder me he abused me and he said I'll be back soon he was going to come back to murder me and that demon I think that demon that I saw was the demon that must have got this person to influence them to hurt me. So, yeah, hell's a horrible, horrible place. Though recently I had a good MDE because I've been struggling. I was struggling with connective tissue disease and I was struggling to breathe in my sleep. And I actually shot out of my body and I was being transformed. I was seeing sparkling diamonds and it was completely different to what I experienced as in my early 20s. I was seeing sparkly, sparkling diamonds and as I went up, I actually saw myself start to shine like gold, like a golden light. 
and I got brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And, um, yeah, soon after I came back to life, I went on a search and I needed to know the meaning of life. So I went out on a search. I had to find the meaning of life. There must be something more to life. Um, I had to heal from what I was feeling. The, what I was feeling after my hell experience was so horrific from, you know, the PTSD I was experiencing. I went to find the solution and an angel appeared to me and uh, the, whoever told me about this disappeared into thin air after because my friend said, what, what do you mean when I said, who was that? He didn't even see this person. Um, they just disappeared. But a lady appeared to me and said, have you tried crying out to Jesus for help? Because his name's the most powerful name in the universe. It's above every power. And I did, and the minute I did, I felt oceans of love pouring out on me. That horrible feeling left me straight away. It was gone. I could feel like like Satan, the bad things, running from, from terror from Jesus, like they'd been defeated on the cross. I felt oceans of love, and I heard God's voice like an archangel in vibrating waters sing his love over me. And as he sang, I saw heaven split open, a bright shining lamb in heaven. And at that minute, I saw my soul transform into a lamb. And it, and I, I know that in one other Catholic NDE, the lady said as she went down to hell, she saw people under grace with the image of the lamb on their souls and those ones were safe. They were under grace, under God's grace and mercy, and that's what being born again is, is crying out to him for help, and that's what's helped me get through this. If I hadn't have, Jesus hadn't helped me, I would really, he's totally healed me from PTSD. I think, you know, if I didn't have that hope, um, I don't know where my, I don't think I'd be alive today, you know. I've gotten a lot of strength from that, from him supporting me and bringing me to a better place in my life. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. Fine. (laughs) Good. I want to start here. Do you believe that you went to hell because you were either on the drugs or was it because you were a Wiccan or just your um, energy state at that time? Or even do you feel like you needed to be punished for something? I mean, I my belief now, I, I think we've all fallen short of the glory of God and we've all done things wrong. So I think I was there to be cleansed or I'm not, I'm really not sure. I'm not. I think it could have been a, a number of reasons. I do believe that you, that everyone has sin like black on their garments. They have uh, robes, their soul wears, and if you get them dirty, only one thing can wash it off, and that's the blood of Jesus. So that sacrifice washes it away. So I think I went there because I didn't have a relationship with God. Um, because I was living 
in a satanic way. <laughs> I mean, I, there's a number of reasons it could be, but I think everyone's done something wrong. The way I was living, I actually thought I was going to heaven and my friend said, you'll, I said, do you think, and it was soon before this happened to me, my friend asked, I, we were talking about it. Do you think you would go to heaven or hell? I asked him that and he said, oh no, you would go to heaven, you know? So I wasn't like a really wicked person, but I was living in a way, um, drugs. The reason I think I took drugs is because I had this hole in me that it needed to be filled and so much pain from past experiences. I would get to the certain point where I needed, I would go without drugs for a long time, but then this extreme pain inside me would draw me to try and fill it up with something, you know, like that. So um, I've come to a place now that I feel whole and I've been healed. Um, I think I experienced this experience. My belief is God let me experience it so I can tell others. Mm. That's my belief. I don't, I think he let me experience this so I can help others mm. that might go, you know, mm. I don't think we, anything happens for no reason. Right. And yes, it was a very difficult experience, but maybe I can try and help someone. So you're saying that you're going to help people in what way do you mean like to help them from going to hell? And if so, how would you do that? To redirect people. Yes. If they're, in danger, but their souls are in danger. How would I do that? Um, it says whoever calls up on the Lord's name for help will be saved. So if you cry out to Jesus Christ upon his name and you believe that his name's above every power and you cry out to that name for help, um, God will transform your soul and he will start healing your life from the inside out. So it's not a religious thing. It's just God healing you from the inside out. Um, it's not like a set of religious rules. It's a real true personal relationship with God because he loves it. He made us for a destiny and a purpose and everyone's got a destiny and a purpose, but sometimes people are just lost and, um, lost in a bad lifestyle and sometimes need a little bit of a help. Um, I think just telling people about my experience might help someone that's going through PTSD um, or, or struggling or had a bad experience. I'm hoping that I'll be able to understand people like that more because I've been through it myself and I think that's how it helps me to help others is just because I've been in their shoes and I might be able to support them and hold them up through when they're going through something difficult like what I went through mm -hmm. because I understand what suffering <laughs> means. Yeah. At the time of your experience, you were a Wiccan. Are you a Christian now? Yes. When did you become a Christian? Immediately after your experience or years later? Yes. Um, when I had my experience... And it was quite strange because my midwife, she gave me a Bible 
And the minute she gave me this Bible, it was like everything came against me. It was like the forces of darkness came against me. I started having nightmares and, yeah, all of the stuff started happening. But um, soon after my experience, when I cried out two weeks later after my NDE, after I cried out to Jesus for help, um, soon after that, my midwife who gave me that Bible directed me to go to an Elam church. And that's when I first read a Bible, like properly. And it had in there that Jesus Christ was the perfect lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world as a perfect sacrifice for sin. And um, my vision that I had of him was all in the Bible, and I'd never read the Bible like I've read maybe one line and I thought, oh, this is all about war. No, thanks. But I read the Bible properly and I found my vision in the Bible. Yet I'd never like seen or read that anywhere before. Do you think people who do drugs open themselves up to being attacked by demons? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I definitely think because you, you're so close to death, it's just, you know, drugs are a poison. So it does leave you vacant, a vacant lot, really, for entities to come in and, and, and do damage to your soul. So I think it does different activities can open you up to, to these things. After your experience, did you stop doing drugs for good? There was a, a part in my life where I did go back down the wrong track and I started smoking marijuana, but um, I did come out of that. Though um, I'm, also, I'm at the moment on a few pain meds because of my illness, mm. um, but a very small, small, minute amount. Um, but no, I don't take drugs like um I don't take any far out drugs or anything like that, but I take anti-inflammatories and um, pain relief because it's quite painful. Do you think that if anybody who winds up in hell, the only way or the easiest way to get out is just to call out to God or Jesus and that will get you out? Um, there's many NDE stories that I've read where even a Christian found herself in the tunnel of hell, and at that moment she said, Jesus, and immediately she was transported into heaven and she was transformed and she looked down at herself and went, wow, that she couldn't believe what she'd been transformed into such beauty that that name Jesus transported her from corruption into perfection. So there's, I think, uh, there can sometimes be an in-between time. I think God's extremely merciful, you know, so he doesn't want us to go to hell. He doesn't want anyone to perish, you know. He wants everyone to live with him in heaven. Mm-hmm. So um, God doesn't want bad for us. He wants to give us a life, a good life. Mm-hmm. I think there is a chance, yes, there's a chance of a way out if someone cries out to on God for help that, worked for me didn't it and I've been dead for a wee bit there so it worked for me um, 
so I think there is there is lots of um, examples of people dying and crying out to Jesus or God, and they're bang, they're brought out. I don't know if someone's time. I've you know I think it's right that God Jesus has the keys to to those cells in in hell, and I think He gives us a chance right down to the very very end to turn to Him. So. I think that's highly likely because our God's so merciful. Do you think that most people end up in hell because of the way that they lived their life or because of their state of mind at the time? I think it is uh, partially to um, to do with the way you think, the way you live, Um how you live your life, that that's part of it, but you do need a perfect sacrifice to be able to wash away those things. But I, I really do believe it says God sets a path before us of destruction, which is the wide road and a narrow road. So if you walk, you, you know, loving others, um, I think living a very selfish lifestyle when it's all about you, it's never about anyone else, that can easily lead you down the wrong path. Um, this life, if you live a righteous, a good life, you're on the narrow road, and it's a much harder road sometimes, but you, you're very blessed by if you help others and, and you, you, the returns are huge, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's worth living a good life. Um, it's not worth living a dangerous life. <laughs> One thing I find interesting is that when the vortex showed up and you saw the gargoyles, you heard a voice that said, don't go over there. So some, yes. some being was warning you. Do you have right. any, Do you have any idea who that being was? Like maybe a guardian, guardian angel or something? I couldn't see them, you know, and I, even at the start of my NDE, I couldn't see Jesus. He only appeared to me at the end. So, I mean, it it could have been Jesus. It could have been an angel. It could have been an angel went and got Jesus when I fell down the hole. (laughs) He could have been on his way to go and get help from Jesus. I don't know um, what happened, but I think it could have been a, an angel, yes. I've thought about that, yes. I know I've had one other guest that actually went to hell, and he basically says the same thing that you did, that if you yeah. call, out, call out to Jesus, you'll get out. But I don't remember exactly how he got there, if he was just instantly transported there, where yours was, you know, yours was kind of a almost a seduction. I know. I really feel yes. like I was tricked. Um, he, it was like, Satan used a deception to lure me. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I I really I was trapped. I feel like I was trapped into that. For many years, your type of after effects was that in your normal life, instead of the average NDE person kind of re-experiencing bliss, you were re-experiencing hell, right? Yeah, I. It was really bad, Jeff. So. I was not just going to the front door. I would get 
felt like I was being choked and I would collapse on the floor, unable to breathe. I couldn't wash the filth off, off me. I couldn't wash the filth off me. Um, I smelt like when I would get attacked and I'd feel like I was getting strangled, I'd feel worms crawling through me and that's what it was like and how worms crawling through me. I would smell the smell of death and that coming towards me, I'd be getting choked. Um, I couldn't talk to any, I found it hard to even talk to anyone because I'd get attacked. Um, my whole bed actually picked up and smashed up and down. Like I was under attack, a uh, severe attack, like from demons. Um yeah, it was such a hard time in my life. I lost everything. Mm. I lost everything because I was so, so ill. I, I couldn't keep it together. Um, yeah. How did you finally get over it? It just seemed like it was like a puzzle being put to taken apart and then put back together in the right way. So after I met Jesus, it just seemed like I was healed slowly, like an onion, layers of onion being taken off. So the symptoms got less and less and less and less till I was completely healed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the PTSD was gone. So now I really am left with no symptoms, not really. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. I, I still have a few nightmares here and there, but. Yeah. Do you find that this um, experience has been replaced by the positive NDE that you had? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that is a huge hope for me. <laughs> like, um, that was a great feeling, actually, even though when I was sleeping, it felt like I was being suffocated and I got, I left my body to get away from it, from what I was, it was felt like I was being tormented or like suffocated like that. So I left my body. And re- uh, to get away from it and realize what I was done, I was praying, Father, please give, please give me more time, please give me more time. Bang, I was back in my body. And to me, um, yes, uh, it's a very good feeling to know that when I die, I'm going to be with God. Um, that I'm okay, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, that was a terrifying experience and. Yeah, I, I I think I've actually forgotten about it, mm. how it felt like, and I'm glad that I've mostly forgotten about how it felt like to be there. But um, no, I'm there's hope for me, and <laughs> I'm so happy yeah. that I'm not going to hell now. Yeah. <laughs> I think he pulled me out of that life to put me back on the right path so that I wouldn't spend eternity there. I think it was just a wake-up call, you know. Right. That you're on the wrong track. Get back on the right one. Yeah. All right, I'm going to switch gears on you. Now, you have a YouTube channel. What is your YouTube channel called? Sure. Um, it's Ro- Rosa Samoshvalvi, uh YouTube, and um, I've got a Hell NDE channel there. Um, though I haven't felt comfortable to fully disclose what I've been through on there because my kids go on there and I don't want them seeing. So, 
Um, but it's Rosa Samoshvalvi uh, YouTube, and I've got a Hell NDE playlist on there with my NDEs and other experiences that I've had. Um, yeah, I haven't put on there all my experiences, but if you want to have a look, you can go on there. Okay, great. I'll put a link to that in the description. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jeff. You're yeah. so awesome. Thanks awesome. for having me, too. Sure. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm happy you're here. Thank before, you so much. Before we finish up, do you have one last message that you'd like to tell everybody? Um, God loves you and um, he wants to give you a life, an abundant life, and he wants to lavish his love up on you. <laughs> that God loves every everyone he's created. He's got so much love for that creation and and that we're fearfully and wonderfully made by God and he loves you. <laughs> yeah. He loves you and he wants to give you a good life. Well, that's a great message. All right, Rosa, thank you so much for joining me and sharing with us. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you so much, Jeff. Bless you. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. All righty then. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.